Peter's a short book. Yeah, I mean, that's part of why we picked it, right? Is uh, <laughs> because you can get through it. Yeah, we could have done uh, could have done Isaiah. You don't want to do Isaiah? Exactly. Uh, who re- I, I want to know in the comments who remembers what was going on in the world when we first started First Peter, because it feels like so long ago. I tried I to do this. COVID. I tried to do this. Um, this like Google search the other day of like, what was the news before, right before coronavirus hit Northwest Indiana? Like, what were we talking about? Did you find anything good? No, it it couldn't, it couldn't compute it. It couldn't figure it out. So if you, nothing before Corona, (laughs) if you know, uh, what's up, tell us in the, uh, in the comments, we would love to know, uh, what you know. So Scott, uh, today what we're going to do is uh, wrap up the book. This is chapter five. And um, we've got a couple of people who have been joining us. Thanks to you guys for tuning in tonight. I know we're a little bit delayed. We've got a lot of women's groups who are doing book studies. And so they'll jump in here in a little bit. But um, we are, uh, what's up, Jim? It's good to see Jim. Jim Polite has been devouring this study. I wish I would have thought to bring Jim onto the Skype call. Jim, if you have Skype, uh, what's up, Chuck? It's good to see you, bro. Hey, Chuck. Um, Jim, if you have Skype, uh, text me right now and I'll send you the link. I'd love for you to share with everybody just like what you've been studying and how you've been learning. Um, all that to say, uh, Scott, we've been going through the book. Five things, right? This is a Simeon Trust 101. Uh, you want to look at the context, the structure, the theme, how does the gospel at play? And then the, I guess down here, um, how does this apply to your life? Um, context, structure, theme, how's the gospel play into this? Uh, and then how do you, um, apply it? So, uh, without much more further ado, um, I wanted to dive right into, um, chapter five for us. And I know, We've been, uh, we've been digging into this. And then what I want to do is chapter five, kind of bring it home. And then I want to play a game of what did we get right and what did we miss? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jim saying like he, doesn't oh, have, no. he doesn't have Skype. There's, a, um, uh, there's a, uh, a guy on ESPN radio. I can't remember his name, but he makes like ridiculous predictions about football games on Friday. Oh, yeah. And then on Monday, he says, here's what I got right and here's what I got wrong. And I feel <laughs> a little bit like... Uh, this this is one of those things. Here's what Dan and Scott and all of our HP team got right, and here's yes. what we all missed. And there's a few things that we missed. Um, we got right that uh, Dr. Baycoat sat in, right? That was the one we got right? <laughs> everything that, yes. Yes, yes exactly. Good, good. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, hey, let's jump into First uh, uh, Peter 5. This is the last of the last. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, in the comments today, I'd love to hear from you. Many of you already posted uh, what kind of impacted you about this study, but I'd love for you just to say, um, just drop something in there um, about how did this impact you? And uh, also, how have you learned how to study the Bible a little bit more um, effectively? That'd be just something great to share with us. But Scott, this kicks off, um, Yeah. therefore. Yes. And guys, this is just another thing. Uh, you're looking for these transition words. And so this is a new, um, a new chapter, but again, Peter's audience didn't have chapters. And so we're connecting, um, what has come before 
with what is happening now. So to remind ourselves, what came before? Well, suffering as a Christian and expecting it because Christ also has suffered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so therefore, verse uh, this is 19, therefore, uh, those who also suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing what is right. And then we get into therefore. I exalt the elders among you as your fellow elder. Scott, how do you think we could figure out what this word elder means uh, based on the context? I'm thinking specifically of verses um, two, three, four, five. Um, yeah, in chapter five. Yeah, because chapter- elder elder is a word that um, could mean some different things. So how would you go about, if you didn't know anything about church, how would you figure yeah. out what an elder is? You know, the Mormons have that uh, as they're walking around door to door, the Latter-day Saints. And um, we want to know, what does the Bible say about it? So what, how would you encourage us to go about that? Yeah, well, I think you can, I think you're right. You can figure out what Peter's talking about specifically from verses one, probably to verse five um, with all of these different context clues. And so that's why context is so important. You can't just imply your view or meaning of elder onto this word. You've got to look at how Peter specifically is using it. So I think a couple of the the clues that you can use. The first one is in verse one. Um, Peter calls himself a, a fellow elder, and he ties that to being a witness of the sufferings of Christ. So even right yes. there, there's this like apostolic authority um, that Peter saw and walked with Christ. So right there, you have this person who experientially has some authority because he was with Christ. And so he's transferring that into his own eldership. And then he's transferring that own, his own eldership onto the elders of the people that he's writing to. Absolutely. So I, I even think right there in verse one, you can kind of get a really good picture of what he's talking about. These are people who have some kind of spiritual authority. Yeah. Okay, you're on a roll. So what does an elder then do? Yes. So so then Peter moves into this idea of shepherding. And so he uses just a common metaphor of the day. Everybody would understand what a shepherd did, what a shepherd, uh, you know, what his job looks like, the kind of things that are in his job description. And he talks about shepherding the flock of God. This is verse two. Mm-hmm. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you by doing a couple different things. And so he goes into this list. And the first one I think is probably the the biggest. Usually I think when you see lists like this in the New Testament, they, they either front load or they back load. And in this one, it's exercising oversight. So there's this kind of authority of exercising over th- oversight. But I think the most poignant example in is in verse four when he connects it to this chief shepherd absolutely and that's um that's even difficult to understand because you might say oh chief shepherd and in my is yours capitalized there i have the esv yeah the the nasb is going to capitalize it too yep okay so and obviously that wouldn't be capitalized in as peter was writing to these people um so you then again have to like use context to to say okay well what is this chief chief shepherd and as you continue in verse four, it connects it with this unfading crown of glory. And glory has always been connected to the person and suffering of Jesus Christ throughout this whole book. So I think pretty confidently you can say, hey, the shepherd is Jesus Christ. 
and I'm supposed to shepherd people as Jesus Christ acted. And that shepherding connects to my eldership and authority, and it goes all the way back to the elders among you. That's how I would kind of walk through that these four verses. That is so well said, Scott. We're going to hire you to be like a seminary professor. So uh, so here's some of the things that we're not surprised with. By the way, I guess like the there's a tornado coming, so... Um, hi everyone who's hiding from the tornado. I'm glad like Sharon, uh, in Sharon the closet, says she's in there, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, Lord help us. Um, just what we need is a tornado to cap off the last couple of weeks yeah, that we've had. Um, but I'm praying for grace. Yes. We're gonna, um, Nick, we're doing this Bible study thing, man. If, if God no, takes Nick. us out with a tornado and I'm studying the Bible, so be it. So be it. The uh, quiet rooms in my house are in the upper parts of my home too, not in the basement. So my kids are in the basement, so I had to come up here. So they're safe. Um, yeah. Ben says he's just inspecting the basement. He's yeah. not down there for any reason, just inspecting. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, everyone stay safe, but um, I'm glad, glad to know that. Uh, listen, if your house gets hit by a tornado, we'll bring you donuts. That's the one thing we can do in uh yes. <laughs> in this podcast or in this uh it's not a podcast this is a bible study um scott back to what you said your your shepherding yeah. should look like the shepherding of jesus christ the the chief shepherd right we use the language mm-hmm. at bethel all the time of the under shepherd um we are at best we call it under shepherd serving the the um the chief shepherd that's how we think about pastors and it comes from this verse here chapter five verse four um it doesn't surprise us who have gotten all the way to chapter five that Peter is saying even the leaders of the church, of the congregation, need to live their life and, and live out their leadership the same way Christ has led for us. The example of Jesus has been tied time and time and time again to why we suffer, why we do good, why we love our husbands, why we love our wives, why we serve those who are in authority over us, uh, why we do well for our boss. It's all connected to... Um, be holy as I am holy, and then living out this example of how Christ has um, done that. So I think you did just great job uh, pulling that out. Um, I think where some people might get tripped up is verse five. So you younger men, likewise. And so if you put it all together, you could have this idea that, you know, Scott, you and I are pretty young in the scheme of things. Um, and so... Is this um, does this disqualify us from becoming elders in the church? That's a that's something I had to wrestle with as a you know 27, 28 year old campus pastor who was coming into Hobart, and everybody was like, you know, I've got underwear older than you, right? <laughs> Which is gross, but that's what I heard. Uh, and so I, I want to um, just pause here for a second because I think you could you could lose you could lose the um, the role in the words, you can you can lose the function of what is happening in leadership by the word that's used, and then by the um, contrast. You younger men, likewise, there is something mm-hmm. too, and and I've um, I don't think people realize how much I lean on older pastors, and I mean that like how much older they are. Um, you know, Doug McDaniel is one of our campus elders, and has pastored churches before. Um, someone who me as a young guy, I look up to him and, uh, and work with him, right? Um, and so there are things that, that we ought to be pushing into relationship with older men. Likewise, Paul says to in Timothy, 
uh, in, in Titus, rather, uh, that the uh, elder women ought to, um, uh, gosh, my wife is in the room doing this right now. The elder women ought to uh, uh, teach the younger women, right? Mentorship. Um, but this is a little different here in First Peter 5. And we got to, I think because of what you just did in your exegesis of the text, it helps us understand that you younger men is those who are not necessarily elders in the congregation, those who are not necessarily appointed by the church to be the leaders. Um, and mm-hmm. so what this, what this pushes us to do then is, again, clothe yourselves. So, so you younger men likewise be subject to your elders and you, all of you, all of you, clothe yourselves with yeah. humility towards one another for God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Um, he's mm-hmm. pulling uh, their James uh, quotes that, I believe, and then that's like Proverbs 3, I want to say, um, quotes that as well. And, uh, and the, the, the point is shepherding is not lording or gain or compulsion. It is mm-hmm. humility. And sometimes that humility is going to come from the fact that that elder is not necessarily uh, older than you, right? Mm. Uh, And so all of us need to be clothed with humility towards one another because God opposes pride and yet gives grace to the humble. I think um, verse six, you see that, that I put a slash there, therefore, right? There's another transition sentence. This is kind of like pushing this one more thing. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may lift you up at the proper time. And then this verse that's on coffee cups and, you know, on (laughs) prescriptions of uh, Xanax, uh, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, We take that verse out of context a lot. What's the context for this verse? What is that? Well, you just previously, it's, it's in the context of this kind of authority, like we're submitting to God and humbling elders. Like it's in the context of uh, church leadership. Yeah, church leadership. Context of younger men as well. And and I think the larger context is also if you could go back to four, we would then add on to that as well because you're right. Um, but then we'd add on to it suffering uh, in the sake of society, right? Um, or suffering in the context of society. That's chapter four, verses 12 and following. And so I think there's a really important thing to pause here because this verse might be, might be more powerful than we've even tried to give it credit for. It's a classic verse, but I tried to remember, and maybe I just read it quickly today, but I tried to remember all the times that there is this like empathetic, loving, compassionate caring attribute yeah, of yeah. god that that like couches the suffering right mm. <clears throat> you don't get it you don't get that god is love too You're much saying in the book in the book in, in, in first peter yeah yeah and so i think yeah. for f- to my eye and i i could totally be wrong on this but to my eye um you cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's a shepherding language, right? He is the chief shepherd. Um, And there's all these things that he does that show us that he cares for us. Like uh, uh, we get an inheritance, there is made of people, Mm -hmm. we are beloved. But in this moment, it's directly connected that your situation that's causing you anxiety is also gonna be met with compassion and care from Mm -hmm. God. 
Yeah. It's this, I think, crescendo of God's grace, right? When, when he yeah. sees you, he's going to graciously love you through it. Um, really just a beautiful thing. Then there's a, go ahead. Yeah, that, uh, that's interesting. I hadn't really read the book with an eye towards kind of that compassion from, from God, which is so interesting because, and this is another aspect of Bible study as you finish up the book, you have the end in mind and you can go back and read and highlight different parts that stick out now that you have an understanding of, of the whole thing. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. I read that today and I thought without that verse, God, did you ever read Calvin and Hobbes? Do you know, do you know the, the dad in that? He, he's like the classic, like there's no such thing as a problem. And Calvin will like, you know, come up to him and it's, he's got frostbite all over his nose and he can't get a scarf and his dad's like, go outside. It builds character, right? (laughs) God, God comes off as that like character building God. Who's like, go through the suffering. You'll be better for it. But it's, it's, he's not, yeah, but he's not like that. He is a, he is a God who sees and knows and has been through it. That's the point. He's already gone through it. And so we can go through it ourselves. Um, Mm. Verses uh, eight and nine are, um, I think, some recapitulation. Be of sober spirit. Uh, that's what the NASB says. That that is a hearkening back to one thirteen and four seven. Uh, that also say to have a sober spirit, right? Um, to be sober minded, clear minded. It means like think clearly. Man, don't we need some clear thinking today? Right. Yeah. We need yeah. some clear thinking today. Be on the alert. And then there's this verse that I hear, I don't want to dig into this too much, but um, you've got this almost spiritual warfare-like approach here where the devil's prowling around like a roaring lion trying to devour someone. Mm. When we talk about um, spiritual warfare, oftentimes we're talking about things, um, the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? And Peter actually validates all three of those things in the book. He hasn't talked about the devil until now. Um that there is an adversary, um, the devil. It, it's similar to the um, to the devil, the the accuser, right? Um, in uh, in Job, um, it, this is more in the sense of resist the devil and he will flee from you, like James says. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing the same experiences that you're suffering are being accomplished by your brethren. There's a great communal word mm. for us right there uh, around the yeah. world. Yeah. And then after you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, interesting, God's opposed to proud, 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 but gives grace to the humble. After you suffer for a little while, the God of all grace who called you, uh, he will perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Um, to him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then we get to verse 12. When I read it the first time, I thought verse 12 was really only helpful for us in the sense of saying, um, here's how Peter has written. Mm. And then I gave, I gave, I think week one, this is kind of like a, what do we get right? What do we get wrong type thing? Um, I said in week one, this is the key verse is verse 12. Um, I've written, or like the the purpose verse, I've written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. How do you stand firm in God's grace? Well, I think a lot of people think that if they're standing in God's grace, you're going to have, you know, rain all around you, but sunshine upon you, 
right? <laughs> there may be problems in this world, right? There, there may be situations, but God's going to put this invisible shield around me. I'm in his grace. I will not get yeah. coronavirus. I will not get fired from my job. I will be able to, uh, you know, uh, bigger, better, faster, stronger, everything in my life because I've got God's grace. I'm going to have the best life now. I will be successful. I will be good. Mm. <clears throat> And yet first Peter is none of that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like yeah. great. It's welcome the to the welcome to the club. Now you get beat up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like welcome yeah. into the family. You're going to get hit. <laughs> like, um, and yet know that when you get hit, be humble. Live with each other humbly because this is what pleases the Lord. Um verses 12, 13, 14 are all uh conclusions there, closing remarks. Um Interesting. Uh, Sylvanus, I don't know who he is, but I love that Peter calls him our faithful brother. And then yeah. he adds, for so I regard him. Almost as if like there might be people in Asia Minor who didn't regard him as and yeah, Peter yeah. was like, awesome. listen, I know, I know he's got a mixed mixed reviews, but as far as I see him, he's a faithful brother. All right. So that's how I five see stars for me. Yeah, he's couching his 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 language for his that's friend true. here. It's hilarious. Um written you briefly, exhorting, testifying. This is the true grace of God. He she who's in Babylon, right? That's the Church of Rome, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, and so does my son Mark. Uh my son being my son in the Lord. Um, greet each other with a kiss of love. Those were pre-COVID days. And uh, <laughs> peace be to you who are in Christ. Yeah. So, Scott, I want to know from, if we could do this, I've got six um, main points that I pulled out of First Peter. Um, these are not final end-all be-alls, um, but these are just, I asked the question, what's the point of First Peter? Yep. There's rarely going to be one point in any book. Um, Philemon maybe has one point. Um, welcome the slave. <laughs> That's like Philemon. Yeah. But everything else is going to have multiple emphasis and things that are um, themes that will come out. I picked up yeah. six. Um, I'm sure we could pick up way more. But um, I'd love for some of you guys to dump in the comments right now just what do you think are a few of the great – truths or the main points that you've seen the message of first mm -hmm. peter if you had to defend and say here's one of the things that first peter teaches us it's a main point here and uh, just throw that in there I, these are all just a couple words each um one that i have i'll, I'll start first is um you don't belong to this world mm. i get that because um you're sojourners and aliens um and yeah, uh, you are elect exiles. You are um, not my people, but now you have become a people, right? You don't belong to this world. Um, here's another one I have, is uh, you have great days ahead, right? You have great days ahead. Maybe not on this earth, but you have the glory that is to be revealed, right? Yeah. There, There is this forward looking, you can endure it because Christ has made a promise to us that um, encourages us to say the best is yet to come, right? You can say it that way. Um, mm. Stop me if you've got one or, or I'll just keep going. I think, I'll keep going. Yeah, I think another one is trials are normal for God's people. Um, and that goes back to what we said about, you know, having sunshine and, 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 uh, and clouds all over you. Trials are normal. Don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes to test you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if we back up a little bit more, I think another main point, what is the message of First Peter? It's when you suffer, make sure it's for doing good, whether at work, in your family, or in, in your community. Um, just definitely think that Peter's pushing us to say, don't suffer because of your own stupidity. You're going <laughs> to suffer. It's okay to suffer. It's okay to be misunderstood. Yeah. Um, but make sure you're misunderstood because you've been acting as Jesus would act and not just acting the way the world would act. Um, I think that's a huge thing. Um, number five that I had is those in Christ have peace. Those who do not obey have an uncertain future. I didn't really know how to put that in a, um, man, the trees outside my house are like whipping around. Um, yeah, mine too. <laughs> Lake County just fell off the map. They're all like, this has been a great Bible study. I'm going to go get a mattress. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, those who, you know, we have those, uh, those, those, those sentences saying, um, those who do not obey, um, what will become of them? Right. And so there's this haunting question, almost like you don't want to talk about it. Um, I don't know if you've watched the show, the good place. I've watched one episode and it's this, this is like sitcom. It's this theoretical heaven. It's the good place. And one of the things they say there is she's like, well, is if this is the good place is there the guy goes a bad place and she's like yeah and she's like can i know who's in there they're like no and we can't tell you what's going on either uh it feels like they stole that from peter because he's very mysterious about it um yeah but but the confidence what he's very certain about is that if you're in christ you have peace you have hope a living hope right um and then i think uh grace is the is the name of the game god's grace allows us to stand right 10 times in this book i circled the word grace um and so there's a there's a big grace and glory god's grace and his glory are absolutely huge so i know i just rattled off six of them it took me a little bit of time to put those together i don't expect you to throw something off the top of your head but do you have anything else that you you would add to that no i think as i'm looking at them i'm 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 trying to equate, so you know, you have this the sufferings uh, connected with glory. I think that suffering glory theme is connected throughout the whole book, and that's that's kind of like great days ahead. There are great days ahead, but it's almost like great days ahead are come through the suffering. You can't skirt around the suffering. Like you have to go through the suffering to to get to glory. That's exactly how Christ did it, and He's our example. Right. I think I think in that you have this idea that Christ Christ's suffering is not only um, like our means of salvation, but it's also uh, it's also our example to live by. Um, and then, you know, the be holy, be a holy witness. I think is is in yeah. there as well. Suffering for doing good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these would preach, Dan. All they all would. Preach. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And then let's talk about that for a second, because we've just we've this has been called to help me study the Bible, not help me preach the Bible or teach the Bible. This is all the stuff that I would be doing first before we even wrote a plan for how to how to preach this book. Um, what I'm going to do in a second is is show us a couple outlines because I want to show us like we just did all this work, no commentaries, right? Um, just me, just you, a little help from our friend Dr. Bayco. Which, by the way, his books came in, and so I'll be driving around oh, nice. uh, to everybody. And I, I, um, I started reading mine. I'm almost done with it. Um, it's really helpful for a time like now. Um, so if you won, you got a book coming. 
But um, we did this without commentaries. What I want to do is see if I can get this uh, screen share to, to help to work out. Um, here's, uh, here's my grandpa's outline. My grandpa's outline. Yep, here we go. Um, it says, uh, got the key theme, God's grace and the living hope. Um, pretty good. Uh, I think we, we got that right. Um, he, you see here key verses, First uh, Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again into the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Remember, Luther said that there's the most gospel in this epistle. Um, this is why. And then 512, again, um, came back to it. Notice he doesn't have, so I think one of the things that maybe we got wrong, and this was a bet that I made, was 211 and 212. In yeah. my mind, I think those are a little bit more substantial than maybe my grandpa put forward. Um, yeah. And it's taken me a couple of years to learn to disagree with him, but um, <laughs> I'm very confident in disagreeing with him now. And I would really, I think I would make the case, but I'd also check with other people to see what they think. And, and so you'll notice his divisions here. Yeah. His divisions are spot on. 1-1 one, one to 2-10. We, we called that one, right? We had that um, called out. Uh, we got this one right, 2-11 to 3-12. Um, and then I might add another division between 3-13. I might put one at 4-11. Um, the, this, yes, and then then four twelve, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial oh, when it's oh, come to. Yeah. I think that starts a new section, um, but he he goes through suffering um, all the way back to three thirteen. Um, that's mm -hmm. an easy thing. My grandpa wrote his his books to help um, people teach the Bible, and so usually his books have like a twelve, um, like a twelve week program to them. And he oh, tried, okay. he actually tried to split the Bible into into you know books in the Bible into twelve. So there's like this superimposed macro structure on every book that is not necessarily yeah, yeah, yeah. true Bible study. <laughs> um, yeah. But this is how he broke it up: God's grace and salvation, live in hope, live in holiness, live in harmony. God's grace and submission, submit to your authorities, mm -hmm. to masters, submit in the home, submit in the church. Um, and then God's grace and suffering. Uh, make Jesus Christ Lord, have Christ's attitude, glorify Christ's name, look for Christ's return, um, depend on Christ's grace. I'm gonna I'm gonna call weak sauce on this one right here. Look for Christ's return. Uh, okay, that's a, that's a one that I was like, how did you get that? <laughs> that's so funny. That was exactly the one that I pulled out. So he got that because the the um, he's a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed. And then um, yeah. verse four, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And so he, yeah, that's fine, yeah. but it's about order in the church, right? So yeah. sometimes the creatures. Yeah. And then with Christ's return, yeah. Huh. Right. So that's one. Here's another one. Uh, is a, um, a uh, professor, a very well uh, respected scholar. Um, and he. Uh, he says this. I'll throw this up here for everybody. He says, in essence, Peter's letter is an exhortation to holy endurance of suffering because these Christians have experienced the salvation of God and because that salvation is promised to them in all fullness when the final day arrives. Having received salvation and having been empowered by God with a new life, they must orient their lives toward the future revelation of Christ, love their fellow Christians, and maintain a holy life. Mm -hmm. What do you think, man? We get it? 
I think we nailed it. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I think we got that's it. So that's much, so much. That's so much. So much. So much in one sentence. But, right. but right. yes, yes. So um, here's his. Here's his. Uh, he he gives a little caveat like. You can't just put some sort of outline on top of a structure on top of something that wasn't supposed to have a structure. But that's because he's kind of angry. Um, if you ever heard him, man, he's just an angry. I have a, Scott, I have if you're out there, I'd love to do coffee with you and just to prove you're not angry. Um, okay, so uh, here's how he breaks it up, right? 1, 3 to 2, 10. Uh, and yep. then he goes yep. 2, 11 all the way to 4, 11. So he doesn't even have that 3 uh-huh. Uh-huh. break. Um, oh, he has, oh, social, he has group. social group. That's interesting. That's interesting yeah. because, because exiles, exiles and sojourners, and sojourners are, a are a social group. group. Huh, huh. Uh-huh. And which is where which it starts, right? starts right? 11 to 11? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Huh, huh. That's interesting. That's interesting. Right. Um, and then he goes, guidelines for suffering. Um, uh, and then uh, exhortations based on the church is how he wraps it up. Um, so uh, pretty good. Here's another uh, version. This is the greetings, salvation, uh, demand for holiness, God's people, Christian witness, suffering as Christians, assurances, praise to God. Um, and uh, I don't know what I have. Oh, here we go. Here is um, who wrote this. This is, uh, oh, Shriner. He's a Baptist out of uh, Southern. Um, see, he's out of Southern, right? He's so. crazy so. detailed. Um, and so I know you're waiting for this to come on Facebook live to see it, but it's, uh, Oh wow. Oh wow. I I think I want to avoid making the case for our people that you want to get this detailed in your Bible study, particularly because first Peter is pretty simple. Um, you don't need to go crazy when you're trying to develop the, the structure of it. This is super helpful for you. And you have to do this work first of, like you have to do your own work. You got to go through the book on your own to get all this stuff here before you look at anyone else's work. I can't tell you how many pastors have told me if I just open your grandfather's commentary, that's what God impresses on my heart to preach to my people is his words because I haven't done the work. Yes. I haven't done the work to be able to have my own thoughts. Um, okay, so here's what we what, what we see there. Um, I'm gonna kill that, Scott. Um, some things we got right, I think, are uh, the key verse. Um, I think we also got right stuff like uh, new birth, salvation, and grace as the major themes. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, maybe here's what we got wrong. You ready? Yes. I don't this know. Yeah, I don't know that we actually covered. Scott McKnight pulls this out in his commentary, and I didn't do a deep dive on these things. I just glimpsed. You know, did a quick uh-huh. um, Scott McKnight pulls out temple imagery in First Peter. Temple imagery. I have on one of my sheets that I don't have in front of me a couple of the things from the temple, but I didn't think it through as much as he did. And once you well, see like, it, you like, can't not see it. Oh, hold on. I want to try to think. Do you have them up? Like I got it up. Yeah. I'm thinking like uh, gold. He talks about like gold in the first chapter. Is he talking about like living stones? I guess that's a uh, royal priesthood. We did kind of talk about that in chapter two. Okay, right? okay. So, so he's not talking about like themes of the temple. He's talking about the experience okay. of the temple. So, uh, so First so. Peter one two, oh. you've been sprinkled with his blood. Sprinkling huh. of blood is sacrificial. Um, Interesting. 
How about this? Uh, 1.18, knowing that you are ransomed from the feudal ways, uh, not with perishable things, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Oh, yeah. So the oh, yeah. ransom is connected as well. Uh, he says mm-hmm. that they've been purified, 122, having purified your souls by mm. your obedience to the truth. Um, the sacrificial system obviously was to become clean, right? Clean or unclean, to become clean, purified, you'd go. Um, chapter two, verse three, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, right? They've tasted God. Um, mm. And then uh, 224, he says, he himself bore his bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin, live to righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed, right? The sacrificial system mm. in the temple was to uh, help people have wholeness, healing. And then finally, uh, 3.18, he says, the people are presented to God, right? Um, for Christ also oh. suffered once for the sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. So, all right. Did you miss it? If you miss the temple imagery, but you got suffering for the sake of being a Christian? <laughs> no, you did not. Yeah. Is it interesting? Yeah. Perhaps would Christians who are of Jewish descent in you know Bithynia have noticed the temple imagery that we didn't notice? Probably. Um, what would they have done with that? I think they would have cherished Jesus all the more. Yeah. But there's enough here it's, for you know, me to cherish Jesus too. Go ahead. And I think I might reinforce the fact of the audience this is, that this was written to. Those are very specific Old Testament references, and they are not explicit. Like, you have to know what the experience at the temple was like in order to kind of pull those out. Um, yeah, and it is all connected with with the crucifixion. You're right. Like, I, I think we pulled some of those things out. We just didn't go the deeper layer for it. We're like, oh, yeah, that's Christ, you know? But right. it's not like, oh, yeah, that's Christ in connection with the temple sacrifices. Right good uh the last two that we got right that i was encouraged by is the christian life is lived following the example of jesus every commentary pulled that out and then every other commentary also pulled out that holiness demonstrates to outsiders god's salvation therefore Mm. your life is a means of evangelism um and we spent a lot of time talking about that too so on the whole man uh no commentaries you guys did it uh and and look we were i think I'm going to go and put a number of like 85 to 90% accurate on this thing. I had a B in my mind. Like that's a solid B, right? 80, yeah. 85%. And, and so here's the deal. If you get that on your first pass, when you go crack a commentary or you go actually then check and see what people say about it, you're way more informed about what it says. You, you've done your work to assume, I think this is where it's going. And when they get into the specifics of why something is something or isn't something, you're going to have thoughts already. And if they attack your thought to say, here's why, um, you know, elders in chapter five, verse one does not mean, you know, the senior citizens of the group, um, you're going to go, Oh, I thought it was just meaning the, the elderly. Um, and so, you'll have a lot more context for it. So Scott, that's it. That's it. That's all it is. We did it. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And so we can all study the Bible. Yeah. Um, what I would love to do, my comments stopped. Um, oh man, all these great things, man. I'm sorry that my uh, comments stopped. Uh, we've got the, the Wasco's team. Wasco is saying, uh, it's cool guys. Expect trials right here. See this. Oh yeah. Um, 
trials are expected. That's what Ben Fraley said as well. Um, oh, man, Lisa, look at this. She says, uh, trials become triumphs, tests become testimonials, right? That's, that's a really good one. Good. Um, Laura also said this life is a little while compared to eternity. Jim Paulette said trials purify our faith. And um, Laura kind of summed this up as an incarnational apologetics, which satisfied the um, uh, professor you had with two words. So <laughs> yeah, great job, you guys. I'm so um, I'm so no, pumped well done, about um, just the the way that we could connect together for the past six weeks, seven weeks. Look at a book of the Bible together. Dig deep into it. Get our minds sharp. Know God's word. I wouldn't be surprised if in the process you memorized some of this scripture. Um, I know I did. Um, I know that it, you know First Peter is unfolded in my mind as like this long scroll of uninterrupted text and um, situations are coming out. And I think to myself, um, mm. how do I do good? How do I do mm. good in this, in this moment? How can I stand for the sake of Jesus? Um, Scott, there's a lot of things going on in the world today. We need yes, first sir. Peter. Um, first Peter, uh, I think um, one of the commentaries talked about how in uh, seminary classes in America in the 1990s and 2000s, um, First Peter was irrelevant. It had nothing mm. to say to us as Americans. But when yeah. pastors who had studied in America from places like India or um, you know uh, Croatia would uh, step up and say, um, "What are you talking about? First Peter is actually our favorite book. It's the book that we go yeah. to the most because it teaches us how to follow Christ in a hostile world." And um, I'm not making predictions, but just saying I'm grateful that we've got a way forward when the world yes. does treat us uh, as hostile. So remember, this is not mm. our home. So, um, do we need to give away donuts, uh, Scott? I, I think it's obligatory at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I'm gonna go out here and say uh, I don't think she's on the call. Um, I don't think I don't think she's on here. But oh, Mar- no. No, Maria's already got the order. She already knows. Oh, she Maria, oh, yeah. Maria knows what's up. Um, but uh, Sharon Du Bois had an oh, yeah. excellent summary on one of the previous posts. And so, Sharon, I already owe you a book. I'm going to bring by some donuts as well. And um, Laura Wasco, for your incarnational apologetics, it's really nerdy, but it's really well done. I think we'll drop <laughs> some over off at the Wasco's house as well. So, uh, congratulations, you guys. I'm gonna drop off some books to y'all. Um, we'll also, if I don't get to your house um, before Sunday, I also have them in the office and you can pick them up there. Um, again, you gotta to go to bethelweb.org attend to register for the services, um, but you should do it. You definitely yep. should. Oh, there's Sharon. Sharon, congrats. We're gonna send you some donuts. Sharon. Uh, I really appreciate what you said in the comment section uh, of the, um, <laughs> she's excited, great. Yeah, uh, yeah, of the, yeah. uh, um, of uh, the previous up there and just really thought that was insightful and, and thoughtful. So um, you guys, I would love to hear from you in the comments of this. Uh, if there's a book that you'd like more help thinking about, I don't expect us to do this format again, where we take five weeks to do this whole system of, you know, context, structure, uh, theme, gospel, and application. But I, ho- hopefully this will help you then go to second Peter and try and figure out what does it mean to, um, to, to live in this world uh, to stand for truth, 
If 1 Peter 1 is all about grace and living holiness, First Peter 2's got, or 2 Peter has something to say about living for truth. Um, try it out on your own. Uh, if you want some recommendations on books and, and commentaries, Scott and I both are nerds and we know who to send you to and where you can find some information and we'd love to give you some resources. But um, for now, uh, that's going to be us. So grateful to have uh, done this good. with you guys. And um, seriously, come to church. We're open. The mask <laughs> just hides your face. <laughs> a little bit so that's good all right y'all uh we love you we'll see you later we'll see ya bye